a raging Sam who doesn't watch Raw, hosted by the Broad without a flaw. Can you feel the presence of Jason Near? This careless pod, holy shooters here. Yes, we are all part men. But we're all model. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Holy Shoot Podcast, a podcast that is all about the world of professional wrestling. I am your host, Broderick, and joining me today are... It's me, I'm Sam. I'm jumping in before Jason says anything, because I'm the best. Well, I figure if you're not going first, you want to go last. So I'm letting you jump in. I don't know if you noticed that. I'm letting you go second because now I'm Jason and people remember that a lot more than whoever that's Jabroni was in the middle. Yeah, <laughs> I'm quite right, Jason. Jason oh, yeah, is that's main, true. Jason is the main event. Like, if this was WrestleMania, Jason would be uh, Becky Lynch. I would probably be Seth Rollins. We're very much in love. And Sam, you'd probably be, I don't know, Kurt Angle versus Baron Corbin. Kurt, like, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> At least let me have a good middle of the card match. Yeah. Anyway, uh, guys, 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 before we get proper discussing about this, and before I even ask how you're doing, first and foremost, I want to talk about Omaha Steaks. Oh, God. We promised we wouldn't do this. They're not paying us. I heard you like a, like a huge sausage, and uh, Sam, I, I, I like you heard. I, I heard you want a Father Day pack, even though you're not a dad yet. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I, I can, I'm, eating, I'm eating for a family. I, well, I could eat for a family. <laughs> But like, yeah. I I just I think we should point out that they do perfectly good steaks at Sainsbury's and Tesco's and ASDA as well, you're and your local butchers. Get down your local butchers. Support your local business. You're trying to you're trying to ruin like a potential sponsorship here. How could you? Well, I mean, what I'm saying is, if Omaha Steaks are listening, I don't have to be as fair and balanced as I'm being now. They're just going to have to grease my paws a little Jason's bit. Jason's actually researching Omaha so, Steaks. Sam, probably. if you. <laughs> Go to Sainsbury's for ninety dollars or less than ninety dollars. Can you get four flaming mignon steaks? Can you get four Omaha steak burgers? Can you get four boneless chicken breasts? Mm. And also, and also on top of this, four potato gratins and those lovely desserts, those, those tartlets. So it's caramel apple tartlets, four of those. All oh, God, you're sounding like oh, fucking Conrad God. Thompson, I swear. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Yes, I could all get all that from Sainsbury's. Furthermore, what is a boneless chicken breast? I never bought a chicken breast that has a bone in it in my life. It's a good point, actually. It's yeah. like, yeah, your avatar, a boneless sausage. Oh, good. Well, that's... that's just a regular sausage. <laughs> Oh dear, this is gone. So Omaha Steaks, everyone. If you go to the website and use the promo code Holy Shoot, you'll get 97% off. Yeah. <laughs> this is not a real advert, by the way, just in well, case. Like going, I really fancy some Omaha steak. It's just, um, yeah. I blame that Talk is Jericho podcast. Great podcast, by the way, the one with John Moxie, if you haven't heard it yet. I do oh, yeah, very good. I know we're taking the piss, but, you know. It's, it's uh, great. It's not really shoot great, but it's pretty great. Yeah. By the way, I, I'd like to talk to you all about Bluetooth. Do you guys suffer from not getting bonus <laughs> enough? I can fix that with some sweets. Ooh. Man, you're, in, you're in the Bluetooth order. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, in serious note, how are you doing, guys? How are you doing? Yeah, not not bad. I'm I've did all my homework for this show all in about the last three hours, so I'm I'm full of wrestling at the moment. Ooh, you've got the wrestling deep inside of you. I what do. About you? 
What about you, Jason? Have, have you got wrestling deep inside you? Um, not as deep and hard as Sam has got wrestling inside him, I think, because I did my wrestling on the weekend, so I've just been acting like a normal person. <laughs> yeah, I, I did mine over the last two days. I, I watched uh, one show that will be discussed on Sunday, and the other show that will be discussed uh, on the Monday that we're also discussing. So should I just get on with it? Or Yep. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Well, this is a great... Great segue in. So anyway, on today's show, we'll be reviewing not just NXT TakeOver 25 after this short break, but we'll also be doing a retro review of the first ever WWE Network Live special and a precursor to the first ever NXT TakeOver. We'll be talking about NXT Arrival. So join us after this short little interlude. So, NXT TakeOver 25 happened this weekend. Five varying different types of matches. And it was definitely an interesting show, to say the least. It was originally going to happen in San Jose. Then there was rumor that it was Saudi Arabia. But then it happened at a smaller venue in Bridgeport, Connecticut. And, yeah, it was genuinely quite an interesting show. So, before we do a deep dive, gentlemen, what, what were your initial thoughts on NXT TakeOver 25 uh, just after you finished watching the show? So I watched it all on, I guess, Sunday morning, the day after. It was a good show. It was not the best NXT takeover I've ever seen, and it wasn't the best show of the past week. So it was unusual to say that. Yeah, I thought it was like, uh, as a show, it was like a U-shape. It started off really, really strong, then it had a bit of a dip in the middle, and then picked up again towards the end. I thought it was probably the best show this month. I mean, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, technically, it's the start of the month. I mean, in the past month, I thought it was the best show I've seen. Um, I thought it was really good. So, uh, where do we want to start, guys? Do you want to start in the beginning, middle, and... I like... want to start with my favourite show, which my favourite match on the show, which is also the first match. So, let's do that. Yeah, riddle and strong, man. Riddle's... They're good at wrestling. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean, this... I probably enjoyed the first two matches more than most of them, the rest of the card. But the one that stood out for me was Matt Riddle v. Roderick Strong. This was just under 15 minutes with Riddle going over. And the reason I think this one stood out to me is because after watching AEW and lots of other wrestling recently, the AEW had a lot going on on their show. And I know it's a lot of pretend you shouldn't compare the two of them, but you can't help but do it. But AEW did not have a match like this. Just two really good young wrestlers being amazingly smooth and wrestling really, really well. Mm. And that's why it stood out more than anything else for me. It's kind of how I would have envisaged... I mean, of course, they're two different guys, but it's... In terms of, like, two young guys, as Jason said, like, it would have probably been, like, an Adam Page versus Pac sort of match. Like, if you had to compare double or nothing and shame the that we didn't get that double or nothing but yeah i think this was a really awesome opener i loved every second of it uh matt riddle's becoming one of my favorite guys on that nxt roster you know like he's really grown on me he's terrific the fact that he can do all that in like what four or five years he's been wrestling now only four or five years matt riddle yeah yeah, yeah not long a, i mean that's amazing. Well, he was a, he's a shoot fighter before but still yeah and the whole thing was good when you look at it because they they built slowly as well they didn't just start 
throwing each other around the ring. They built the match up over this 15 minutes. So it took a while to get going. And then there was great work. With, like, there was that great superplex by Strong where he was just working riddles back. Um, you know, there's just little things, all the little things they were doing. Like, And I realised how good Roderick Strong does a superplex because his opponent actually lands first. And he lands well after that. So the opponent takes the brunt of it. And it's those little things that Strong is really good at, but you probably don't appreciate. And yeah. then they had that great, they had a great series of like punches and kicks as well, and then slams by Strong. So it was a great little, like, he does some great work. I mean, you've got Strong, who's probably like one of the best technical wrestlers in WWE, let alone NXT. And then you have Matt Riddle, who's just, you know, great at the submissions. And. The, the the best thing about Matt Riddle is because he has that MMA experience, um, you know, he can take a beating, so he can probably go above and beyond in terms of the selling. He knows how to sell as well because, you know, he has that experience of yeah. being in fucking pain. So it looked, re- it looked really good, like the selling. Yeah. I think there were some knees and punches on the ropes where Strong just kept hitting Riddle and it just it just looked really good. And mm. I think this match has pulled me in. Because they yeah. were both such good performers. For me, this match made me realise I I didn't up until this match I didn't think too much of Roderick Strong. I thought he was all right, but that he I'd not ever seen anything of his because I don't don't watch Ring of Honor that didn't that made me go like holy shit this guy's really good at wrestling. But this match was like a really good showcase for both guys. But for me particularly Roderick Strong because I already knew Matt Riddle is great basically. Right. Yeah, I think Roderick Strong's had like a couple of good matches in NXT, but he's never really had that standout match. He's had like good ones with Drew McIntyre, Bobby Roode, and Eric Young that are worth going back and watching. But yeah, this was definitely his best match in NXT. Wow, I, still that... th- I, I, I still think Matt Riddle had a better match with Velveteen Dream in New York, but yeah. I'd give this like a four and a half star. God, Roderick yeah. Strong's been in developmental for a while then, though that list of names you just rattled off. Yeah. Yeah, at the same time, you know, he lacked the mic skill before going to the Undisputed Era. Yeah, I, uh, I okay. At, I look at Strong and um, he makes me think of Dean Malenko back in WCW days. Yeah. Where just even, even similar size, but just amazingly good in the ring. But yeah, he's getting better at talking at least. I mean, I, I, I don't know why I gave it four and a half. It's definitely probably the four-star match at least on this one. That's, again, I, I, but one thing that I want to ask you guys, um, when Riddle hit the V-trigger a few times and they referred to it as a V-trigger on commentary, oh, have you yeah. ever noticed that before? I was I surprised. I me noticing for the first time. Yeah, like, yeah, I heard that and I was like, oh, I think it's just, you know, Maranello is very referential. I think he has freedom to commentate unlike any other commentator in WWE given his, uh, you know, given his experience and... So I, I wouldn't read too much into it. I, I did find it interesting that uh, Strong applied uh, Lion Tamer on uh, oh, yeah. on Matt Riddle, but apparently he used that move quite a lot back in Ring of Honor as well. So I mean, I, the, maybe they did try and get a little, a few little jabs in the opening match. You had the V trigger. You had obviously the Lion Tamer, both AEW guys, plus um, your man uh, Nigel McGuinness saying at the beginning, "Oh, this is the blue, What did he say? The black and orange brand has always been the alternative in professional wrestling, or something like that." Yeah, like, sports yeah. entertainment. Which, that you know, only WWE refers to it as sports entertainment. So, technically, he's not wrong. Uh, I mean, no, no, that's fair. I, it is an alternative to their own product. But, yeah, I I don't really care for the jabs either way. And that goes for both sides. Like, it, 
that sort of sentiment I is the same sentiment I had towards like Cody smashing up the Triple H throne at double or nothing. Like I just don't care. I want both products to succeed. Stop taking shots. <laughs> oh, I mean, so do I. But I, I, I think Cody's was a bit too overt. I like these little, little, little jabs that are like kind of bit insidery. I quite like that. That's why you call Triple H the cerebral assassin. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's game. my probably my probably my favorite match on the show. Like I, said. I really enjoyed the ladder match as well, but that's my favorite match I'm going with. So uh, I don't I know thought... if you ever... I don't know if you have a favourite match other than that, you guys. I, I, I want to reveal at the end. I'm going to give my grade match of the night my MVP at the end, so I won't say too much. But it, it's, I mean, there's three matches I absolutely loved on this card, and that was one of them. Uh, I, yep. I, I thought the, the ladder match was a bit hit and miss. I thought it had a lot of quite contrived kind of standing around waiting for people to be in position with ladders type spots, which a lot of these kind of multi-man matches can can have uh but i think they built they built to a really good finish and like the last five minutes of the match were really really good but i thought uh i'm actually trying to look up who the guys were who i didn't think much of i think it was only Lorcan and danny birch the two guys in the red trousers just no, like forgotten sons i was at the forgotten sons yeah them yeah i thought they were a bit i don't know there's a lot of stuff they did where i thought come on lads they are slightly weaker technically than the other three teams there, like Fish and O'Reilly. They've been on. They've been awesome since Ring of Honor. Undisputed are awesome. We don't need to talk about how great they are. Yeah. Um, Street Profits. You know they've grown so much over the past two years. They're fantastic, especially Montez Ford. Um, Montez is great. I love Montez. And uh, they were the standouts in this match for me. I, I hadn't. I'd only seen the Undisputed Era before as teams. Yeah, you don't watch yeah. NXT, so that. Uh, no, I don't know. So, uh, yeah, so it's interesting to know that the Street Profits stood up to you. And yeah, Birch and Lorcan are really good as well. They, you know, they haven't had much of an opportunity to showcase it. But yeah, Forgotten Sons, they're they're, they're a bit hit and miss with me. What about you, Jason? Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed this match. A few things that stood out, yeah, I mean, I've talked before about Montez Ford and how he's just oozes charisma. Um, so just seeing those guys come out, including him playing air guitar when Undisputed Era came out when they quickly came oh, yes. out. There's little things like that. But the, the main thing, I mean, the MVP of this match for me is Carl O'Reilly. Um, oh, he's yeah. Just Brilliant. I mean, I think they were trying to kill him at some point. I actually was worried. There was a couple of things like the ladder back suplex where he landed on the side of it. Then a ladder was tossed across the ring and he was on the ground. Like it was tossed at some pace and luckily didn't hit him. But then the other great thing he did was when he was, uh, there was great camera work when he was, you know, staring down the ramp before um, Jackson Riker was revealed. And it was just, you know, we, I think Carla, his expressions are brilliant. And they just had to focus on him for a bit before Riker was revealed and, you know, came at oh, them and then yeah. started being the big man to trash things. So, I mean, I enjoyed the match. Like I, said, I think it wasn't the best ladder match you ever see. There's a lot going on, but I love the Street Profits. So I'm glad they won and Undisputed Era are always good value for this kind of match. Was it better than both of the Money Bank ladder matches this year? Oh, hmm. It's a good question. The Man in the Bank matches were okay. I mean, I was very much enjoying the Man in the Bank match, the men's one until the end, and the women's was wasn't brilliant. So I, don't I think know. I missed the women's one. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. I think they're very different matches because this was obviously like a tag team competition rather than a singles match. It's still multi-man matches. 
Yeah, I guess. But there's a bit of a different dynamic when you have four teams of two instead of just eight dudes out for out for themselves. Yeah, I, I, I thought this was a better match than either Money in the Bank ladder matches, to be honest. I, I, I felt this match was more brutal, and that's after the Finn Balor spots that we saw from them, the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, just going back to Kyle Riley, yeah. <laughs> Have you seen the lacerations on his back after that match? No, Ooh. no, I'd imagine he's got yeah. a few, though. Some of the, yeah. He just took some nasty, like, falls, yeah. basically. Oh, yeah, I think... I, I, Bobby Fish was apparently like hurt his shoulder as well. Not yeah, not majorly, but I saw he had his arm in a sling at the end of the show, but I hadn't yeah. seen injury updates yet. Yeah. But uh I think my favourite little bit, which is quite weird, is just like Jackson Riker coming in. And I you know, I just really love that guy's intensity and I like he's the a, fact that he's a big lad. I forgot you realise how big he is yeah. when he's in the ring with normal yeah. size guy. I mean he's got a long way to go, obviously, but the oh, his character's just like uh, he scares me. He scares me. Yeah, he either. I, I enjoyed that everyone then ganged up to beat him down. It makes him yeah, it's helping, helping to build him as well as a character. I mean, I enjoyed this. It's probably my yeah, my probably my second favorite match on the show. Oh, really? Really? Oh, interesting. Yeah, I, I, I would give this like four, four and a quarter stars. I really enjoyed this match. Cool. Well, I think we're kind of working through them in order by default at the moment. Um, and actually, I did. I did. I did want to ask you guys. Anyway, I always love Velveteen Dream. Yep. He's my favorite guy normally on any NXT shows. He's normally had my favorite match. Really? This not, not Johnny Gargano. I love Johnny. I mean, we'll talk about that a bit more. And when we get to the main event, I think, yep. and I realize why he's not my favorite and why it's Velveteen Dream. Mm. But for me, this was even Velveteen Dream was not. You know, I think he's had such a great series of like matches. This one stood out for a few things to me in terms of. Dream was wearing slightly saggy gold pants, which seemed some Elton John gimmick he was doing. And I, ex- I don't expect Velveteen Dream to be wearing like boring saggy gold pants. I expect him to be wearing airbrushed badass tights. Um, and it was f- funny watching. I think I put the reason I didn't enjoy it down as much down to the fact that I could not take Tyler, who you, um, I guess, spoofed in the opening of the show. I could not take Tyler Breeze as a serious contender. So I struggled to get into the match. No, I, I agree. And I think that's why I thought the finish was a bit questionable because now it just kind of leaves Tyler Breeze like where he can't cut it on the main roster. He can't cut it in NXT. Should he just leave now? Um, I don't think that's entirely fair on Tyler Breeze. Like, I mean, they've split up the fashion police. He is being, he is back on NXT permanently by all accounts. And this was this was said after the show, so it's possible you might get a rematch between these two. I think what failed, I think what, I think this was a good match. I'm going to put it out there. It wasn't a bad match at all. I think it was good. I don't think it was great. And I think that's a shame. And I think one of the things that really lacks from Tyler Breeze's side was character. And I think part of me kind of forgot that Tyler when he was in the ring in the original, like the original batch of NXT takeovers that you saw um, from, you know, matches with like Sami Zayn to Neville to fucking Jishin Thunder Liger. He was always like quite, he wrestled in a slower way than you thought. And I kind of forgot about that. It's very interesting. So it, it, it took me by surprise. And I think that's why I, I viewed it not as good as um you know other 
other Tyler Breeze matches and other Velveteen Dream matches, for that matter. So I, I think he's not the biggest guy, but I think Tyler Breeze is good on the mic and he's also good in the ring. And I think he is good. Yeah, I I just felt like agreeing to go down to developmental and then getting a title shot and immediately losing felt a bit like a bit of a waste almost. Yeah, but they've they've kind of done this before by using previous stars. Like they have used legends in the past um, to put over talent at NXT, and I think Velveteen is a bigger star. But I think this is like kind of a fantasy matchup between the old and new. NXT. I, for, me, yeah. for, for, for me, I understand why people didn't want to take this seriously because, you know, a lot of people go, Tyler Breeze is a joke on the main roster, but NXT, he was like up there always competing for the title. So mm. it's kind of it, it's kind of going back to this NXT universe, which is almost separate from the WWE universe in a way. I also didn't get the finish in terms of the Velveteen Dream is a face now, and the finish was a bit healy with the whole belt as a distraction. I, I felt Velveteen was a heel heading into this match. Yeah, it confused me, to be honest. I thought it was a bit of a New Japan-y booking where there's not really a clear good guy or a bad guy. I felt like Tyler Breeze was a good guy in this match. It really did. From, even that promo that Tyler came out, it felt like he was going to be made to be the face. Um, because he was just like Velveteen Dream, no one cares about you getting called up, etc. And it wasn't in a way that was like, no one cares. It's just because you know you're a rookie, you learn your place. Oh yeah. So it was that sort of thing. Um, I think what bugged me most about this match was the actual the actual physical ending where Tyler Breeze doesn't want Velveteen to get counted out, and he goes and begs the referee when any other wrestler would just roll back outside. Yeah, like, that didn't make any sense. Yeah, that was bad for NXT booking. Mm. NXT is usually very sensible booking, and then just the use of the North American title, like as a distraction, that didn't work for me, and it kind of cheapened the finish. I think if you had a clean finish, this match would feel a lot better. But it, I will agree that it lacked something, but I think it still was a good match. It was for me. It's unusual. I said this was like a three star match to me. It was yeah. anything better than that. And it's definitely a Sam saying if he's on, it's a U shaped show, and this is like the bottom point right in the middle. Yeah, yeah. I'd give it around three, three and a quarter. I thought, I thought, it was just, I thought it was still a good match. And I think you know the fact that we're saying uh, three stars is quite crap. Is it's like, oh, yeah, it's, like it's, it's, it's actually it's really set. good. Still, it's the bar, but it's set by NXT. Yeah, we're used to every match mm. being four stars or at least three and a half. So that just—I mean—that's just making the point. But it's not, not Velveteen's worst match at Takeover either. Oh no, I, I think I was disappointed just because these two guys. Obviously, I've seen and heard lots about Velveteen Dream, and I've also yeah. heard lots of people saying, "Ah, oh, Tyler Breeze was excellent when he was in NXT," and so I was expecting gangbusters and. I, I, I really wanted to be camped up a bit more. I think that's what I really wanted to see, just something campy and just like complete showmanship. And it was just lacking that. And it was mm. mainly from Tyler's end for some reason. Yeah. It's like would... Tyler came out in black. Like you complained about the attire of Velveteen Dream. Tyler, Tyler came out in black. Like, you know, he's a supermodel. He should yeah, be wearing was... something just as eccentric. He was like, trying the... to be a bit serious, wasn't he? Was yeah, like... but if anything, if anything, this was a perfect opportunity for both men to have the campiest, in a great way, by the way, the campiest entrances in NXT history. 
and Velveteen had that, you know, Statue of Liberty entrance in New York. But we could have something even campier. And I'll, just from a fantasy book in perspective, just in character work, that's what frustrated me more than the match itself. I think I realised this was a B show or a B level takeover when I saw Velveteen Dream's entrance not being that flashy compared to his previous ones, like at New York. And Sam, that's the one to go back and watch Velveteen Dream versus Matt Riddle. That whole package was brilliant. You haven't seen NXT Takeover? Oh, no, I, I did watch NXT Takeover New York. Yeah. I, it's, that's the WrestleMania weekend one, right? Yeah. Yeah, I did watch that one. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. All the big ones I tend to watch, I just don't really watch the weekly show. Yeah, fair enough. So, not fair enough. You should watch the weekly shows. <laughs> yeah. There's so much wrestling, though, man. Yeah, well, you know, NXT's the best hour WWE puts out each and every week. So, after that hot start of the first two and then the sort of slowdown from the mid match, what did you guys make of the women's championship? Because I, in my notes, I've got again, good, but not great. Yeah. <laughs> That, that, that's basically it. I don't really remember much about it, to be brutally honest. I just felt it was a bit... Mm. I it, it was, yeah, I think you're right. I can't remember any particularly notable spots. Io Shirai hit a moonsault, but that's what she does in most matches. I thought it was, yeah, it was a weird kind of on and off match. There were bits where I was really into it and getting drawn in, and then they just wouldn't carry the momentum on. Or It wasn't bad. It just wasn't great. Yeah, I mean this. I mean, you talk about three star match. I think this epitomizes it. But it's three. It's the most forgettable three star match I've ever seen. Mm. <laughs> the fact that I can't really remember too much except for the angle at the end. I think what really annoyed me about this match was the fin- yet again the finish. Now, and we're not going to talk about the beatdown angle, about right now we're going to talk about that finish. How long was Shirai in that hold? Yeah, that was. A bit oh, over yeah. the top. And that bit normally tap out very quick, and she was in that for a long time, yeah, fighting because, it before giving Yeah, it. because it reminded me of when Baser fought Ember Moon, and the first time, I think it was TakeOver Philadelphia, if I'm correct. If I have, bonus points to me. But, um, yeah, it just took forever for that submission to be broken, and th- this this here reminded me of that same thing. It was just like, I'm going to escape or you're going to tap already like come on this is this is an mma fighter you want an element of realism and basis type of fights because that's where she thrives and yeah you just make the kirifuda clutch look weak in a way i look strong sorry in in a way i do kind of like the hold going on for a bit longer than it usually would for a tap out victory because i think a lot of the time i find myself thinking oh this they've been in this hold for about 15 seconds which means this isn't the finish and someone's going to fight their way to the ropes or or have some other method of getting out of it like any hold that goes on for what you might consider a long time for a submission move to go on Mm. you just as a wrestling fan you automatically think oh this isn't this isn't the end then yeah, yeah. So, I, I think I think it's just one of those kayfabe things where I just don't buy, don't really buy into it too much, just because I watch other combat sports. So it's yeah, same, uh, I think that's partly my, just personally speaking. But I think the other, there's got to be like, come on, if you're not going to do something, just tap out. You know? Oh no, like, I agree. There, there's definitely limits. Yeah. So yeah. this was the shortest match on the show at about 12 minutes. I was more interested in what happened afterwards because I think, Brod, you mentioned this last week, the whole, oh, we could move this into a Shayna Baszler versus Candice LeRae feud instead in the run-up to the SummerSlam sort of takeover. And I, was like, I don't know if that's where we're going following the beat down. No. And- 
Oh, was that Candice LeRae that did the run-in at the end? I didn't yeah, catch the yeah. commentary saying it. Didn't she used to hang out with some dick guy who was, like, really good at wrestling or something? Joey oh, Ryan. Sam. Uh, Sam. I was doing a being the elite joke, sorry. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. You know, this Joey is not Ryan all elite wrestling. This is not all elite wrestling. You know, this, this is <laughs> well, NXT. Joey Ryan's not on the all elite wrestling roster. I know, but being the elite, all elite wrestling, they're all the same thing. Yeah, you know, fair Adam, enough. Adam Cole's apparently dead, according to being the elite. Um, I want to see, I want to see Candice LeRae and Shayna Baszler in a badass feud now for a few months. Might yeah, that. yeah, no, I think we're gonna get a Baszler Shirai rematch, but that, that, I mean, Candice bit is a bit that I don't really want to talk about. I don't care about. It's uh, more of a case of uh, just. Was it me or it just it felt like a double turn and it even though it wasn't a double turn, if you know what I mean. It just felt like Shirai for once has just beaten down Baszler, even though there's actual no justification I because Baszler beat added, Baszler beat Shirai clean. Yeah, it added to what was then some just over oh, some weird non NXT type finishes and that tied into it. Yeah, it's just like what like why would EO do that she lost clean like she's not that sort of character but she's just snapped and the commentary try their best to explain it away but no this is bad booking it just felt like Shirai was being a bit of a dick if I'm honest just like well you know don't fall to her level (laughs) yeah I did think it was a bit weird but I put it down to oh maybe something's happened on the weekly show that I didn't see which I mean in a way, it's kind of good that it still made sense. Even I mean, though I... yeah, I mean, Shirai did use the Singapore cane on Baszler, but I think that was to fend off a beating down to Candice Array, if I remember correctly. So I think that's why. And, and obviously, you know, the three of the four horsewomen took out Kyrie Sane um, in Kyrie Sane's last match in NXT and made EO watch, which was kind of good, um, just the way they did that. But yeah, even then, I know it's a comeuppance thing. But it didn't feel like it, you know. I will oh, say yeah. though, Jason. I will say though, Jason. Going back to the Candice thing, I did love when she interfered and like uh, got the cane out and laid the beating on uh, the Duke and Shafir. It took some great uh, satisfaction out of that one. Yeah, I agree. That was, they hinted at it earlier. They sort of let you know backstage in one of the yeah. promos that she was going to be there to have Lavishera's back. Yeah, I think that was actually a good little hint to yeah. that moment anyway let's talk about the main event because i don't really want to talk about much of the women's match to be honest that's uh, gargano versus cole which is only your third favorite match of the night jason so, i thought this match was quite good should i explain my logic as to why like obviously these two are very sound in the ring but the things that i thought about after watching this was there was a lot of kicking and a lot of big moves nowhere near enough selling and that just pisses me off where it went into young bucks wait, 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 wait. oh okay go on like it went into young backstage of here's a big move like which should kill someone and get the pin oh i'm gonna get up and kick you straight in the head and then i'm gonna fall down and just keep hitting you in the head at the same time there was just too much of that there was some Don't you great like the young bucks I mean, I, I, get, I really enjoyed that match but i think i had the same kind of issue with it but i'm just pointing out this i expect I know what the Young Bucks, that's what I'm going to get. From Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano, I was hoping there might have been a bit more in terms of storytelling and pacing to it. It felt like they were just 
trying to mm. go really quick, really like too fast into the match. They were hitting the big moves. It just my notes like there's just not enough storytelling. It was just moves. Oh, I thought uh, there was uh, loads well, of storytelling. I and think, I uh, haven't watched I, the weekly lot, show. Uh, yeah, yeah, there was good storytelling. Uh, let's go to, straight to the ending. Like you know, the Panama Sunrise into the last shot. The reason why that was good storytelling, Jason, is the fact that. He couldn't finish Gargano off with the Panama Sunrise. He couldn't finish off Gargano with the last shot, but combined, he could. And that's what won him the NXT title. You know? The calling out the undisputed era of uh, as a fake move, as a fake out, is one of the best things I've seen in just mm. just, it's like just one of the best little things I've seen in a long time in a wrestling ring. Just simple stuff like that is what really elevated that match beyond, say, a riddle versus strong, which is a great wrestling match undoubtedly a great wrestling match but this this had a better story to it by that, far that little moment of faking out calling out your mates i'm I, that completely blew me away because it's so simple but i don't yeah. think i've ever seen anyone do it before yeah I, it's so unique and i just loved it and i think it really like exploited the ref bump to, like, i don't really love ref bumps anywhere you go like i don't like ref bumps you know uh, it's just one of those things it's one of those annoying tropes that i just don't like um but if you're going to do it, use it wisely. And I think they'd used it very wisely here. So, uh, I guess on that point, I mean, I mean, overall, I kind of I enjoyed the match. I was not a fan of the finish. NXT is better than ref bumps. And I think what, what a couple of things on this are, I really hate that they've taken the belt off of Johnny Gargano already after he's that. Is he, is he, oh, yeah. Okay. I don't know if he's injured or not. That's the first time hearing about it. But this long running feud, him and Champa, and the way they had to change the storyline anyway, he finally gets the belt. And what do they do? They take it off him on the first show they get the chance to do it on. And I was more interested in seeing what Johnny was going to do moving on to fight with other people. I'm not that interested in Adam Cole cutting a promo about being NXT champion at last. And I'm going to, who's going to defend against, but I'm just meh to me. It just feels like, I don't know, I'm, I'm not the big, the big of an Adam Cole fan as you are, Brad. I'm, and it made me realise, oh, God, God, uh, Sorry, Adam Cole has the most beautiful eyes in the world. If you saw him, you know, take over weekend, you, you'd love him. Like, I love yeah. John, Adam Cole. But More than other, Omaha States. My other point is, like, I really, I really like Johnny Gargano, but what really made Johnny Gargano was Champa. That's what made him better. Just the feud they were having and the work that Tomasa was doing is what elevated Johnny to make him amazing in my eyes. And those series of matches they had Johnny were what God, really God, No, him. no, no. Johnny Gargano versus Andrade Armas is probably the best technical match in NXT history. You have Johnny Gargano versus Andrade Armas again at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. Uh, I think it was TakeOver Brooklyn 3. One of the best opening matches to take over ever. Um, his match with Alistair Black was fantastic storytelling. I guess that stands for the Tommaso Ciampa storyline, but it shows how well Gargano can work as a heel. His stuff with Ricochet was just equally as fantastic. Tommaso Ciampa has only really worked with Johnny Gargano, in my opinion. You sure he's done his Velveteen Dream and Alistair Black, but it wasn't. Those two matches weren't the same level as Gargano's matches uh, outside of that rivalry. So for me, Gargano, and I love Tommaso Ciampa. Tommaso Ciampa is a great heel, but has he done both? No. Johnny Gargano's done both. Johnny Gargano's done them really, really well. Johnny Gargano is probably the best wrestler in NXT history, and probably the best wrestler in WWE right now. And I mean, uh, except that he's an amazing wrestler as well. But I think it's more. I think it's more the extra, like the character of like Champa is what like brought more out of him. I'm not seeing the same fire, I guess, with Adam Cole and Johnny. 
I think the Adam Cole thing's a little weird, man, because they you wanted the DIY reunion and to work that out in New York, and it didn't plan out the way they wanted to. And I don't think the storyline has been the best. I'll give you that, but um, you know, I don't think that should take away from Johnny Gargano's attempts to perform. When Tommaso Ciampa was injured, Johnny Gargano was amazing as a singles guy, like broke, broken down, beaten down, couldn't get a win, and then he finally becomes number one contender, and then he just loses to Andrade in the most excellent match. I, I I completely disagree with you. I completely disagree with you. Sam, what's your view? On Johnny Gargano, I, I I don't know. I don't think he's like the new wrestling Jesus. He's pretty good. There was a few bits... He, he, he's no, I'm, pretty good. I'm understating it. He's very good. All right. He's pretty good. That I mean, is the understatement it, of the century. You know who's pretty good? Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is pretty good. John Moxley, he's pretty good. They're not fantastic. And I mean, I'm, I'm saying as I'm saying as a guy who loves the Shield, by the way. Every Gargano match that I watch, I go into it thinking maybe this will be the one. Maybe this will be the one where I finally something clicks in my head, and I go back and watch his whole NXT career and get go really mad for him every every time. And every time, I don't know what it is. The matches he has are not bad by any stretch of the imagination, by a long way. And he is clearly very charismatic. He's very good at what he does. But there's something about him that just... I, I, maybe it's just me. I don't oh, know okay. what it is. I'm, I'm going to lay out some controversy. Gargano versus Cole, Riddle versus Strong was better than anything on that AEW card. I mean... Um, that was a I don't drop, think anything by the way. on that. I don't think anything on NXT can compare to Dustin Rhodes versus Cody Rhodes. I think um, Dustin versus Cody. I think Dustin versus Cody was great. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm not slagging that match off. You know, I'm just saying. I think those two matches were better in terms of technical ability, at least. And and I'm saying this to you as wrestling fans. You know, uh, you know, you're wrestling fans. I'm a sports entertainment nut myself. You know, <laughs> I I think that that's a bullshit distinction. Um, I, wrestling no, I is wrestling. I don't think it's bullshit. I don't think but bullshit. we're not here to talk about AEW or whether sports entertainment is different from wrestling. You know, I I just think you know a lot of people comparing this card to AEW. I don't really get it. They're both really good. Yeah, I mean, we're comparing in the same way we compare NXT shows to the main roster shows. If you're going to have them that close together, it's inevitable there's going to be comparisons of like the matches that happen. Uh, no, um, come on, let's be honest. NXT is way better than main roster, full stop. Everything. Probably always that, and that's what was that always what happens. Though. We always say, man, the NXT show was so much better than the same main roster show on that weekend, and that's <laughs> normally what we would do. Well, because that we haven't got a main roster show this weekend because of blood money in the bank. Instead, we're going <laughs> to AEW. I don't even know what that show is. As far as I'm concerned, that show is like the Chris Benoit of shows. <laughs> so, I, I'm still saying, it, sorry, going back to it, it was a good match. It's just, it was felt like there was not enough selling. A lot, a lot of people said this is better than the one in New York. I, I actually disagree. No, I think the, New York they're wrong. the one in New York was definitely better. Yeah, I, I mocked out more. I'll say this, though. I had this one spoiled for me. But, and it, no, wasn't, really. it wasn't even my fault this time. It was somewhere random I saw it. It was just like... Uh, Someone spray-painted uh, it on a wall. No, no, no. Outside no, your no. house. No, <laughs> I, 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 I don't use social media, but I think it might have came up on somewhere on like, Google search or whatever. It's just like, oh, oh, yeah. Adam Cole's NXT champion. I'm like, oh, 
fuck's sake. I always get done by Google Now. You know when it goes, here's a new story you might like, and then there's yeah. just always yeah. a spoiler Stay away in from it. Google. Anyway, we're going off topic. We need to wrap this up and talk about the other important show. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, before I just quickly summarise, I think Adam Cole versus Matt Riddle might make a great main event in Toronto. Uh, I think, you know, there's potential there. And I think there's also potential for Roderick Strong to defect from the group. Um, the, the, they've kind of teased it already. I think that's going to be a long-term storyline. So I think there are things to watch out for the Adam Cole thing. I just I think NXT needs to build more stars, and I think if Gargano's injured, that's going to really hinder the product going yeah, forward. I'm not seeing anything anywhere about this Johnny Gargano injury you're talking about. So. Uh, there is there is stuff. Um, I don't believe rumor in your innuendo. Well, it's not 100% confirmed, but he wasn't at NXT house shows in the build. Uh, yeah, he's allowed some time off. Wrestling Inc. is reporting that he's dealing with a knee injury. Thank you. Anyway, so overall ratings, right? Yeah. So the the grade, the grade. Like, so last last week I said I thought this was going to be a B show, and I'm sticking by that. I somewhat agree. I think it's B plus. Are we doing letter grades? Yeah. Yeah, I think probably can, somewhere between a B and a B plus. In, that doesn't in exist, the Sam. All right, then fine. We'll round up because it's wrestling. B plus. <laughs> I did like that joke. Uh, who's your uh, favorite wrestler of the night? MVP. Carl your Montel. I think I have to go for Carlo Riley. Oh. For me, I mean, I want to say Matt Riddle, but I already know he's great. Can I have just the Street Profits as a team, or do yes. I have to pick one? Yeah. Because I don't know them well enough to know which one's which. Uh, Montez Ford is a skinnier one. Okay, well, I'll be able to pick which one's better next time then. But, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I'm going Montez Ford to the Street Profits. So I thought he was fantastic. So, yeah. all three of us took it from the ladder match. And you've already said your match of the night, Jason, is Riddle versus Strong. Do you have the same sentiment? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was very good. For me, it was close, but I'm going Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole. Not to spite you either. I actually had that noted down, but it's very close between that and versus strong yeah. so after this um after this we'll be doing another review our first ever retro review and it's nxt arrival join us after this break hey you if you like the podcast then remember to like the holy shoe wrestling podcast on facebook and follow us on twitter at holy shoe pot do it do it now So, we are back. And before we talk about NXT Arrival, I want to say a couple of things. First and foremost, apologies. In the previous segment, I love John Moxley. I think he <laughs> is great. Uh, I just realized I said, oh, he's pretty good. I was just trying to figure a name off the top of my head. And as soon as I said it, I was like, damn. So, Bad for the record, I absolutely love John Moxley. And um, I felt Dean Ambrose when he was Dean Ambrose back in the day should have been WWE champion way earlier. Do you Second want to randomly all, pull like another wrestler who's kind of not quite like upper card but not great instead oh, to replace him with Seamus? Yeah, perfect. I, Spot uh, on. I, I hope he doesn't retire. By the way, I I got a feeling he might retire this year. It's just kind of weird what's happening with him right now. But anyway, Seamus. Oh, fair. And we're yeah, back he's to get got a real tangent. Yes, just the nicest. Anyway, the other thing I really wanted to talk to you, gentlemen, about before we hit NXT arrival. I'm not sure you're aware of this. Is I really want to talk about Omaha Steaks. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> Rod, 
They have to pay <laughs> you us. You could do with a filet mignon. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I would like to eat one of their delicious, juicy and succulent steaks, but I'm not advertising them for free. I am. I just really want an Omaha steak. If <laughs> anyone is listening to this and wants to give me an Omaha steak, just tweet out Holy Shoot Pod. Please do. Um, but anyway, uh, let's move on to the serious subject of our first ever retro review, which is NXT Arrival, which is a complete stark contrast to NXT tw- TakeOver 25, you know, small, full-sale setting. Um, guys, what, what are your initial thoughts after watching the show? Um, overall, they've come a long way in terms of what they define as a takeover show i guess because this wasn't even a takeover it was just called arrival so it's yeah. very different yeah yeah so just a brief, brief bit of history this is like february 2014 this happened and this was basically a network special the first ever network special that they did live on the WWE network mm-hmm. and essentially i think they used this as a way to test the streaming service before WrestleMania 30, which would be the first. Yeah, I, be- I believe it was their first live stream, wasn't it, when they yeah. did? Yeah, it was. And by all accounts, it was a complete disaster. I yeah. Googled it, and all you can find is loads of people going, if they don't fix this before WrestleMania, everyone's going to be really angry. Yeah, so basically, I think it cut out near the end, and basically, it was just before Neville won the NXT title. <laughs> yeah, very annoying, I can imagine. Yeah, so the first actual NXT takeover happened three months later. And I think it was based off the success of this show because a lot of people really rated this show highly back at the time in 2014. So, Sam, we didn't get your original thoughts, but I just thought I'd provide some context to the listener. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. I thought it was a good show. I enjoyed it. You are, like Jason said, they've come a really long way. Yeah, I, I actually really enjoyed this show. More than I thought, like, it isn't a fantastic wrestling show by any stretch of the imagination. It's very much... And I'm not sure if you guys agree with me here. A WWE show, a yeah. type show, but this is proper developmental. This is the reason why NXT was built, and I think we forget why NXT is supposed to be there. And I don't know. It kind of reminded me of the warm, good old fuzzy days because I used to watch this on Sky Sports, by the way. Yeah, I thought it was great. I thought it was the right length for a wrestling show. Two hours. I think that might be like the golden length, the perfect length for a wrestling show. And it was a really easy watch. Yeah, it was a really easy watch. So, um, shall we talk about our favourite match? Because I think <laughs> I think our favourite match is all going to be the same one here. And that's Cesaro versus Sami Zayn. Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, I, mean, there, I mean, when I look at it, there's like... So six matches on this show, right? And three of them are good. This one's really good of those three. Yeah. And and Why? enjoyed it. Oh, sorry. Yep. Yeah, there's was a just... few key things I was going to mention, Sam, but if you want to ask something first, you go for oh, it. Oh, no. Well, it, well, I was just going to ask, why was Cesaro doing the Jack, Jack, what's-his-face, We the People gimmick? Well, that, that's what I found odd when I was watching, because at the point when Jack, Swagger, and Cesaro were a tag team, and they were both the, whatever they were called. The Real Americans. Were, the Real Americans. And he was. it was a spell when he was doing that terrible, terrible gimmick, which made no sense for him to be doing. And I'd forgotten that this was going on at the time, and then I'm watching it, I was like, oh, that's when this is set. Okay, I remember now. And it's like, oh, God, that's... Yeah. So I was expecting was that funny. weird, like, not the current entrance obviously yodeling cesaro no it wasn't yodeling cesaro he had like a weird french theme tune which i think they reprised from someone else in the 90s and it was kind of like ah okay i thought they were gonna do that and it's just like 
what? And then Sami Zayn didn't have his current theme tune. It's like, what? My mind is blown. I completely yeah. forgot about this. Both of their themes were fucking awful. They sounded like they'd been recorded in like 1994 on a crappy oh. MIDI keyboard or something. I mean, the We The People theme worked for Jack Swagger because Jack Swagger was a racist. Yeah, <laughs> a famous racist Jack K-fabe Swagger. racist, by the way. Kayfabe racist. Of course. Um, but yeah... Cesaro, man, it was kind of weird as well. They actually referred to WWE a lot. Like, he pinned the world heavyweight champion, Randy Orton. He came close to beating John Cena. And then he obviously won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. So he thought he was going to get a great push at the time. But yeah, this match, though, let's go to this match. This was yeah, great. I mean, there's a few things. I mean, it's about, it's about a 22, 23 minute match. It's really good. A few things that stood out to me, they're just like, what if we're doing the flashback thing? Sami Zayn looks in the best shape we've ever seen him in terms of just muscle and tone. Oh, yeah. yeah. And everyone always, everyone always says, when you go from the NXT to the main roster, you, you basically put on about 15 pounds of like non muscle, I guess. And it's like a common thing because they say you're not working out all the time when you're on the road. Yeah. And it was just noticeable watching this. I was like, wow, Sami Zayn was in really good shape at this point. Mm. Oh. I thought the same about Cesaro. Actually, I have a note written here here is Cesaro more jacked here than he is today I thought he looked like yeah both of them looked in way better shape than they do on the main roster I mean that's what you, the difference between working 270 days and well less days is what I suppose. yeah but yeah oh man this, this did, match was it's not as good as a did you also notice sorry so did you say Sami Zayn had the Arabic on his tights which yeah. he doesn't have anymore so I was like when did that go away and they thought oh, he doesn't no, we have any reference yeah, the was, only reference they make went, to... Oh, sorry. As soon as he went to the main roster, pretty much. Because he was like... They, they did make reference to the fact that he was half Syrian back in the day, I think. Yeah, the the only reference they do to the fact he's half Syrian now is when he doesn't turn up at the Saudi shows. And yeah. that's all. they don't talk about it any other time. Yeah, it's just like, oh, oh, Saudi show. Uh, Sam's, uh, oh, Sam's, yeah, Sam's. He's, he is half Syrian, by the way. Um, yeah, cracking match. Well, uh, I mean, it's worth going back to watch this pay-per-view for this. Yeah, yeah. I'd say. Uh, have you guys ever seen the two out three falls match they did prior to this one? No. I when I was googling about this one, I saw match. Yeah, bits of it. The, the that match is even better, and I felt this one's a slight letdown because I forgot about this match because I thought, oh, this is a two out three falls match, and then I watched it. It's like, oh yeah, this one is a slightly worse one of the two. I say slightly worse. It's still a very good match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What What was your favorite spot? I think my favorite spot was when uh, Sammy tried to do the DDT spot through the middle ring post, and then Cesaro just hits him with an uppercut. Yes, yeah, I was going to say the same um, one. <laughs> I remember that. Cause, and this was, I forgot Sammy used to do that. That was one of his signature moves, that through yeah. the middle buckles on the outside. I was like, oh, I miss all the time. doing that. Yeah, Babyface Sammy was great for that. I think the other thing, I just like the fact that, uh, you know, Sammy hulks up after four, like, massive fuck-off uppercuts from Cesaro. Just the way that they connected and the way that Sammy sold the first three as well. It's just so awesome to watch. Mm. It's so I'm, told a fantastic story. He's so good as a baby face. Everything he does in the match, when he's getting beaten up, I'm mm. like, oh, Sammy, come on. I believe in you. You can do this. Uh, and that's and- how I feel about Johnny Gargano. <laughs> like yeah i was completely invested why do they make it he's not good as a heel he just isn't okay Sammy that's, Zane. that's a conversation for another time yeah but uh yeah no i think it's more a case we forgot how great he is as a face yeah that's fair and um yeah he was a heart and soul of nxt for a reason and yeah th- this match is fantastic Any anybody want to add anything 
No. Um, don't know. Just it was a really good, enjoyable match, and that finished with the um, what was it? It was a like spinning uppercut forearm and then a neutralizer. Just looked very meaty looking. Oh, that spinning uppercut was great. Cesaro and Sami Zayn are great. I think we can say this to the cars come home. This was apparently one of the match of the year candidates for WWE, and uh, so and rightly so. Yeah. And moving on to something that I thought was even better: Mojo mm-hmm. Rawley versus CJ Parker. Now, <laughs> what stood out to me here was like I saw Mojo in the opening credit. I was like, oh, I didn't realize Mojo had been around that long. And then he got the promo video, and then he had the match. I was like, I'd forgotten he'd been around since the very early days. He was on NXT for a long time. Yeah. I've yeah. I've got four notes written for this one. The first one is what the fuck is Juice Robinson doing? The second line is CJ Parker looks like a music festival Reiki pervert. He looks like the kind of guy who comes up and hits on you, hits on your girlfriend while you're just sat there, and then like tries to get her to come back to his tent so he can give her a holistic therapy massage or some bollocks. Um, and then I still don't care about Mojo Rawley. Uh, that's my takeaways from this match. Yeah. I never really connected with either guy. I so a little context like for me personally, I used to watch NXT kind of on off when it was on Sky Sports and then it went onto the network. Didn't kind of bother with it after that point. And then I I resubscribed to the network. I started watching it properly after Takeover Dallas, which is in twenty sixteen. So there's like a two year gap where it, the first real great lot. Uh so yeah, I just remember CJ Parker being like Oh, this guy, this guy's crap. <laughs> it's kind of weird to see how well yeah. he's doing now. From the As... way they were putting him over on commentary, it made it sound like he had one of the, like the Daniel Bryan Universal Champion gimmick that he had, you know, the Planets Champion. Yeah. But just done way worse. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. He, he was like an environmentalist character, essentially. Yeah. And, yeah, I didn't quite get I was like, it's some sort of weird hippie he was trying to be. It was like, yeah. yeah, it didn't work. I'm surprised how over um, Mojo was. That's the only other thing. Mm, that say. too, yeah, yeah, that surprised me. Yeah, it's kind it, of like the Full Sail University didn't have standards back then. <laughs> what made me laugh about Mojo was like when he was in all that red gear because he was not as like he's slightly softer in shape. He reminded yeah. me of the old Bolkovic. I think they called the Bolkovic to the old like um, I guess the USSR tag team. I think was it the Volkov they called him as well. And he just looked like one of those big, angry like Russian generic heels. But then he was like wrestling as a face. But then his finisher was, I'm going to sit on your chest like I'm a big 400 pounds. Oh, actually yeah. that big. Yeah, that was a really bad finish. Just like, I'm just going to show you my asshole, essentially. <laughs> like... Yeah, it was a strange, I didn't, I guess that, that didn't how long that lasted, but yeah, it was a bit of a weak finishing move. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was like a three minute match. Three minutes and 25 forgot, seconds. Yeah, we talked about yeah. it longer than the match, probably. Yeah, probably did. So let's move on to something that really highlighted how crap the tag team division was in LXT back in the day. The Ascension faced Too Cool. Yes, those young upcomers. Yeah, yeah. Too Cool. Uh, oh, dear. My I notes won- on this. Oh, yeah. sorry. Okay. My notes is... The Ascension were beasts back then. They looked like big lads and they were just doing dominant moves. And two cool come out and like, Scotty is now bald and looks old. And then they get dominated. Those are my so I think Scotty's a cancer survivor. So that's why he doesn't have the hair. Uh, it's but he kept the dodgy moustache. It looked weird with the moustache because it was like oh. a thinned out moustache. Wow. Okay, let's not go too 
down the roots of Scotty too, Holly. I mean, uh, I, I think yeah. Tuchel's gimmick on the whole just doesn't look great on anyone older than about 30 because yeah, of it, like, that's what it is, you know? It's kind of just stay in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. They, they, it doesn't matter, you know, what they'd been through leading up to this match. They couldn't have pulled that gimmick off yeah. even if they were in perfect health. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I, I think... Um, the one move I did like was when Scotty tried to do the worm, and I think it was Victor who pulled him into the ropes. Oh, I yeah, thought that was, that was yeah. actually... It was the count. right thing to not let him hit the worm on the ascension. Yeah. No, re- he got I, all the meaningful bits of the worm out, the hopping and the swinging the arms and stuff. Yeah, and I really like the fallen man finisher. I forgot how... like I, I like that finisher, but I was never a huge fan of the ascension. I always thought they'd do better than what they're currently doing, but I was never a huge fan back in the day, and I was never a huge fan of the NXT tag team division until essentially the revival when American Alpha came along. See, I'd like to yeah, see... Yeah, they really made it take off. Uh, that and Enzo and Cass, like, whatever you think of them as wrestlers, they were fun in NXT. See, I'd like to see or, or have someone tell me some good Ascension matches to go back and watch from NXT. Because I came back to wrestling right after they'd been called up to the main roster and I was watching Raw and SmackDown. Every week the commentary would put them over like, oh, this is the most dominating team in, in NXT history. They are the longest reigning tag champions, blah, blah, blah. And then they'd just be jobbing out constantly and I mean, like, completely underwhelming. They had a decent one with the Lucha Dragons. Oh yeah, yeah, but even then, not not that many. Yeah, I mean, I think we kind of forget that this was developmental. This was a very much a WWE thing. It's only recently it's transitioned to indie super show meets WWE, and yeah, that's true. what takeovers are these days. And I think we kind of forget about that. And I think we have such a high standard. This this was a really highly rated show when it came out like live and people were like oh my god this is really great because they had three you know very good loads of people's eyes three very good matches i think that's a good point this ties in then my comments on the women's matches are like if you take for granted what we have now versus what they had then and it was yeah. and it's not that long ago but that's how quickly things have moved along <coughs> and speaking about moving along page versus emma what stood out to me here was like it's a really fun match because Stephanie McMahon has to appear at fucking ringside and be all look I'm the brand queen there's women are in the ring so they had to get that in there yeah yeah. so I really want to complain about something it's like men can we can do anything better Uh, we can do anything men can do but better so introducing our divas and I'm like oh oh yeah yeah it was how misjudged how how berated of your own sex, Stephanie. <laughs> extremely, extremely amusing. And the, the crowd, as soon as she gets in the ring, the crowd are chanting, you've still got it at her. Like, got what? The ability to step between some ropes. I think they mean something else. And, uh, yeah, I think the full sale crowd is probably a bit more respectful nowadays, I would hope. Um, oh, I see. Yeah, like she hasn't. Mm. Yeah. I, I think it might be something to do with the looks. I don't know. I don't know. Disgusting. I, 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 I interpret it that way. I don't want to talk about Steph too much, but that stood out. And then, but what, as you were saying, Brod, I noticed it's like the whole reference references to divas and things. And I was like, yeah. oh yeah, this happened before the four horsewomen came along, and it was this was like the start of it, really. With Paige not looking like a normal diva, with her being so like pale and all this stuff. And the original Paige, the best Paige, yeah. yeah. anti diva. Yeah, yeah. anti diva. What was going on at that though, even though they, before the VT, the video package for uh, this this match or before, it was one for Paige before the match. It's just like, 
they show Paige in the background and the music is just very, very DV and I'm like, oh, this makes me angry. I'm I mean, I'm not the best feminist in the world, but this actually really annoys me. Just the music in the background is like, oh Please I mean, edit out of the network. It, it's, it's very funny to go back and see that, and you're like, oh, yeah, this happened before we got even a glimpse of like Charlotte and yeah. all the cool stuff that came after that. And yeah. Charlotte was in the crowd. Yeah. Charlotte was in the crowd, not looking like Charlotte does now. I guess it's looking like a happy fan there with her dad, where she was like, you know, early in her developmental days. It was yeah, interesting yeah. to see that. She was yeah. definitely on the roster because they had the box out of like Charlotte yeah. Flair, oh, NXT, yeah. whatever. Yeah. on it yeah. but yeah i don't know how I, well i don't know uh, just, and it was a good match just gotta say that as well though yeah i mean that power bomb i love, I love the crowd just chanting better than batista because this was oh one. yeah batista's that was what they failed. were chanting i couldn't hear <laughs> this was batista's failed run at wrestlemania 30 remember uh so it was ah. actually a really really good joke but at the same time that was an awesome power bomb spot i think that was my favorite spot of the match yeah, yeah. That, and, that and i think the way the one thing I do want to point out before I announce, before I say this, the commentary. The commentary is really good here, and just I don't know. I really like Tom Phillips, Byron Saxton, William Regal as a team. Yeah, oh, the commentary the was great the whole night. Sorry. On the power bomb, I just want to point out. I was rewatching this because I, you know, I've never seen this all the way through this show, and I'm watching this match. And my wife points out the little things I sometimes don't notice, and she pointed out, oh yeah, she's Paige is going to take the power bomb, but she's got time to sweep her hair out of her face while she's like holding on before she goes down to make sure she looks good taking the move. She's not worried about getting out of it and punching everyone in the face. She's got to just sweep her hair back so she hits and looks good. So the oh no! Come like on that. now, oh. Kayfabe, She's got to get the hair out of her eyes so she can see when she hits the ground in order to punch Emma properly. Come yeah. on now, yeah, yeah, Kayfabe, <laughs> Kayfabe, Jason. Come on, yeah, that that would never happen. Eh, fair enough. Like it, this was a good match, and I really like the finish. Like no one ever kicks out of the Page Turner, and then Emma kicks out, and then it's the first time you ever see the PTO submission, which I forgot how brutal it looks. Yeah, yeah it looks vicious. I, I thought really the Page Turner them. looked rubbish. Oh yeah, the the page turner like was. uh, I never liked that finisher. I thought I always thought it was a pants finisher. I like the rampage DDT. I thought that was better. Yeah, because it spikes the person on the head. It looks like it spikes the person on the head. Obviously, it doesn't. But yeah, the PTO. What a awesome submission hold that is to look at. Like I think that's a great submission hold, and Emma really sold it well. Yeah, she did. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, sorry. Oh, Emma's someone who I think. She's got undeniably extremely good in-ring talent, but yep. she's never found a gimmick that works for her, I don't think. See, I, I don't... The dancing I mean, happy it, stuff, I just... It, it was really over in NXT. It just didn't translate to the main roster. Oh, fair enough. I thought she looked she like would, she wasn't really as into it as the fans were. She... Uh, I don't know. I think she had this weird dynamic where... I mean, she was a face, but she could act like a heel. Meanwhile, Paige acted like a heel, but she was a face. That's the sort of characters they had, because Paige's like, I'm the anti-diva, I don't like anybody, and this, but actually her character had a heart of gold. That's mm-hmm. kind of the way the characters worked in NXT at that time. So it was a weird contrast, but it actually worked, and it actually, compared to the rest of the divas at the time, and that's what they were sadly called. In fact, I know, scrap that. Compared to the rest of the women's superstars, because I'm going to ignore the term diva, um, you know, they were all one-dimensional, with the exception of AJ Lee. They were all bland characters. Not their fault. 
this was the first time you actually saw proper characters come into like women's wrestling in WWE in a long, long time. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And the commentary team made reference to how unlike other women's matches, this match was. I think they even they ma- they make a point of commenting about how they had to call the power bomb. Like, oh, I never thought I'd call a power bomb in a women's match ever. So yeah, yeah it was pretty cool. Yeah, I think that's the only downside is that, isn't that hey, look, women can wrestle too. Um, I think that's the only downside to the commentary um, in this match. Other than that, I thought it was a really good match um, for what it was. And back in the day, like this would have been a four star match because we hadn't seen that in women's wrestling in a long time. But now I'd probably give it two and a half, three. Yeah, fair. So up next, Tyler Wood, uh, Tyler Woods, Tyler Breeze versus Xavier Woods. The battle of the general managers on Up Up Down Down never happened <laughs> because <Yeah>. Rusev <laughs> interferes. Do Do you guys want to say anything about this? Because I don't really have much yeah, comment. The only thing was I was confused why Xavier was coming out to the Brotus Clay theme tune. Yeah, oh, yeah. Was around at that time as well. The funk, the funkosaurus. Yeah, it was weird. That was the only thing. Other than that, nothing much. Rusev comes out, crashes them, looks like a beast. I was uh, see, of... I wasn't expecting Rusev. I just, I hadn't looked up anything about this show before I watched it, kind of on purpose. So when he ran in and started beating them up, I was like, Oh, it's fucking Rusev. Do him!" And Alexander yeah, I got really into uh, it. Crash. Yeah, I think Rusev got called up like the night after WrestleMania 30 as well, because I think he went on an undefeated run before losing the scene of the following WrestleMania. That was when, a really good run. When did he stop wearing those foot wrap things instead of boots? I so thought they he, were cool. He, uh, that was um, his appearance in... The, it was not the real one, but it was soon after his call-up, yeah, we broke a foot in the match. So it was only a few months on the main roster, but he kept that. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, bring it back, bring it back, Rusev. I know what? you're listening. Well, I'm, 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 I'm waiting for Matt Riddle to break his foot and have to do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, fair. I think Cassius Ono already tried that. Oh yeah, uh, they did. They did do that. Oh, yeah. uh, we're getting off topic. So, main event. This yeah. was. I'm my answer to this ladder match was good, especially I guess for NXT developmental at the time. Mm-hmm. I think if you were to have a ladder match now on an NXT takeover like we were talking about for 25, you would expect maybe a bit more. But this was still really good, and Neville was great. I didn't, I didn't think it was that good. I thought. I thought. Yeah, in the context of this show, I thought it was a good match. I thought, yeah, like Jason said, maybe if this was a main event for Takeover Twenty Five, you'd probably expect a bit more. But I thought they they didn't go too mad on the ladders or doing yeah. loads of silly spots with them. They built logically to bring the ladders into the match, and and then also they have they can go other places with the ladder matches in NXT after this. It's not like yeah. the first match sets a ridiculously high bar, and then so, everyone has to do stupid stuff. I think maybe my slight issue is it, it's a remarkably similar s- structure to the second level ladder match in NXT history between Finn Balor and Kevin Owens. So maybe, because I, I forgot this match existed. So again, I'm like rewatching it for the first time in eight years. And I'm like, oh, this is also a slow paced ladder match. This is not unique. And I remind myself, no, this came first. So I thought it was good. I just think it lacked that one big spot to define the match. Because at the end, you had the red arrow on Bo Dallas onto the ladder, and then Bo Dallas rolled off to the outside, uh, which I didn't didn't particularly enjoy. Like, surely Bo Dallas would just stay on the ladder. I don't know. I, I think that's one thing 
I didn't particularly like. Uh, I would have had him, if anything, not that I want to see them put their bodies online too much, but I would love to see the spot off the top of the ladder from Neville because he is a man that gravity forgot. Remember, yeah. this is his character. He was supposed to do wacky, high-flying crap. and Not crap, but you know what I mean. Like he's, yeah, supposed yeah. To, he's supposed to take you to the next level, and it never did, and I think that's a disappointment yeah match. true i i went into this one the same expecting to see the red arrow off the ladder and they yeah. they didn't go with that but i thought that might be because they were maybe planning a follow-up match where that would happen further down the line or something uh, i think bo dallas got called up relatively soon afterwards um which led to some of jbl's best commentary he's one and bow he's two and bow he's three and bow when bo dallas was undefeated um but one yeah. of the things i really enjoyed on this was I, I quite enjoyed delusional bow and understanding more about the cat that he was doing at the time yeah, I think yeah. it, it didn't quite work on the main roster with the whole bow leaf thing I thought like they didn't get it I don't know if they pushed it too far but he played it the tone just right on in, at this point yeah yeah I think I got it watching the VT building to this match because again I started watching wrestling again after a little break just when he'd been what well, he was about to be called up so my first introduction to Bo was those random like clips where he it would just be him on a blue background going believe and that's all and i didn't really get what, what was going on there or why we were being told about this guy but yeah it seems like he the the inspirational Bo Dallas was quite fun to watch back in NXT i, I hated NXT Bo Dallas i know that's the point but i was kind of like uh Go away. For me, it was always like, go away, Heat. I kind of got what they're trying to do with him, and it was like smart, but it just didn't work for me personally. I yeah. think that's the difference. For me, I, I think Bo is a fantastic you know, comedy guy. There's nothing wrong with that. I think he can actually do more than that, and I think he's actually a really solid wrestler, and this match proved it. Um, yeah, it was good to see main event Bo Dallas in this match. For, for those who don't know, the reason why I kind of cut off halfway through is I've, Jason is playing with his cat right now. <laughs> he, he is. There's lots of jokes I could make now about stroking and, and other words for cats. Oh, but I'm no. instead of making them, I'm just going to let all of you make them in your head. This, this isn't WWE in 2014. We're in 2019, goddammit. Oh, so this is like the PG-13 era. No, 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 no. I mean, we can swear, just, you know, don't make any references to... Uh, Only uh, in the third hour of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah. Any- anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll do an After Dark segment. But anyway, so, yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on the main event? No. No, Not watch really. it. Like, it's definitely worth checking out. Like I say, just check out this show to see NXT 1 versus 25 and how much it's changed. Yeah, definitely, definitely worth a watch. So, we also had a match tonight with Cesaro versus Sami Zayn. Who's our MVP? I assume it's going to be from this match. Yeah. Sami Zayn, I'm going with. I was going to say Cesaro, just because I don't... For me, it was nice to see him doing, like, good big boy singles stuff instead of being... Not that he's bad at tag team wrestling. It's just he's really good at singles wrestling. Yeah, I'm going to go with Mojo Rawley. Fuck off. I know I love push signs. No, my, the true MVP is Omaha State. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Omaha State examine on that, actually. MVP yeah. of both shows. Uh, I'm torn, but I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with Sami Zayn. You, uh, yeah, he's a great babyface. I forget how great he is. 
Yep. There must be an indie wrestler someone in, somewhere in America who's now going by the name Omaha Steak. You know there's going to be oh, someone yeah. in the indie scene doing that gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and just to avoid the copyright problems, it would be Omaha Steak, not Omaha Steak. Yeah, or Steaks with a Z or something. You know, there'd be something there. <laughs> Or maybe it'd be a tag team from Omaha, Nebraska called the Omaha Stakes. Maybe we should have a British wrestler do uh, the Blue Chew gimmick as well. And then he can have his tagline be, I'm a hard man. How's I'm that? a hard man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, let's get back to the... Oh, I really regret saying Omaha Stakes. Um, <laughs> well, Omaha... might, they might turn out to be a future sponsor. So let's not, you yeah. know, we're, we're open. We're open to sponsorship. <laughs> Uh, oh god uh, so overall grade letter grade guys letter grade uh, I go C I guess is it a C or a C plus it's a hard one to judge isn't it because it's that it's not the most amazing show but it's solid. I'm going to give it a C just to be sort of average yeah I think compared with today's takeovers it would be a C but in context at the time I would I'd probably go with a B plus yeah like, I mean like, 25 yeah i'm gonna go somewhere in the middle i'm gonna go b and my reason why is a context b compared to a lot of the main roster shows uh, you know it's actually on a par and i think you got three really good matches i mean i mean i I was like "Eh, never was slightly disappointed it's still pretty good so you know it's definitely worth checking out and it, it reminds me of what nxt should be Instead of like an indie super show, it should be proper developmental, and that's mm. what it should be about. Oh no, I ruined my joke. I was going to go four out of five Omaha steaks. Damn it! Um, <laughs> Die. Anyway. But it's uh, also worth checking out because William's Re- <clears throat> William Regal is excellent on color commentary, and you should yeah. just check out every show where he's on commentary because it's he makes it really good. And his even the shit stuff. Oh, Brod's uh, Brod's locked up a bit there. I think. Oh, no, he's back. Yeah, I am here. Just keep that in the podcast. Fuck it. Um, so, yeah, that wraps it up this week uh, on the Omaha Stakes podcast. No laugh. Fine. So that wraps <laughs> Sorry. it up. For the whole... I, just thought, I thought that was serious. I just figured we are now holy Omaha Stakes. No, we're just Omaha. We're not anointed with holy water. Anyway, Sorry. <laughs> So that wraps it up for the Holy Shoot podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did enjoy the show, remember to subscribe to us and also follow us on the social media. So like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Holy Shoot Pod. Anyway, uh, that's all we have time for today. And that's the bottom line as this pod says so. <laughs>